The presenting sponsor of Behind the Beak is Down in Front Productions. DIFP is a video production company located in Birmingham, Alabama that strives to provide high-quality video services for your business or event at very competitive prices with a personal approach. They specialize in sporting events, weddings, and business videography, but also provide recording and video editing work for other events such as seminars, commercials, and concerts. Give Dustin and the crew a call at 205-588-0868 or visit them at difpbham.com. That's D-I-F-P-B-H-A-M.com to see how they can help you. Down in Front Productions, the presenting sponsor of Behind the Beat. Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tyler Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. I'm Tyler Brown. Alongside me is my co-host, Avery Davis, and today is Tuesday, October 6th. This is episode number 42 of the series. In a few moments, I'll sit down with senior tight end Trey Berry to talk about his football season, his return from a terrible knee injury he suffered in 2019, and his future in football. His interview in just a few moments, but first, a few quick items. Last week's guest was quarterback Zarek Cooper. The prospect previewed the Florida State contest, the group of guys he has thrown to in 2020, and what could be a record-breaking year for the senior. To listen to previous episodes, Behind the Beat can be streamed at jsugamecocksports.com slash podcast, on Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. For the second week in a row, it's game week. This time, Jacksonville State is at Berkshire Snowfield hosting Mercer. That game set for 2 p.m. on Saturday. It'll broadcast on ESPN Plus and it's homecoming. And tickets are still available online to purchase. You can purchase them online by phone or at the ticket office at Pete Matthews Coliseum with a credit card. A very limited number of student tickets are still available for the game as well. If you're a JSU student, claim yours now by going to your MyJSU account. You will have to do that and bring the printout or bring your phone to the gates to be able to show that you have the ticket to get in. No student IDs this year working to get you into the gates. Jacksonville State's coming off a tough one at Florida State. The Gamecocks dropped that one 41 to 24, but things were looking great at the half, 21 to 14. Avery, you and I were sitting in the press box for that one. Glad you were able to make it down to Tallahassee for that one. A little bit of a roller coaster going from that first half to the second half. Yeah, we get there and we're up 14 nothing, like in a flash, and you almost feel like you're about to run the Seminoles out of their own building. <laughs> uh, and then, obviously, they made a quarterback change, which was a great move on their part. and mm-hmm. made our defense struggle a little bit with the run-pass option that they were using. But overall, we looked really good in the first half uh, and then kind of ran out of gas there in the second half against a, a team in Florida State that's just trying to get the train back on the tracks. Colby Fuqua got things started early in the first, got a pick six, returned it 13 yards to the house, put the Gamecocks up 7-0. And then Josh Samuel had a 20-yard rush to put the Gamecocks up 14-0. Later on in that one, Zarek Cooper had a fantastic completion to Logan McVeigh, a 41-yarder that McVeigh in double coverage, falling back, caught it against his chest, pinned it, and that set up a two-yard run for Zarek Cooper to put the Gamecocks up 21-7. And then after that, 
Florida State was able to come out of the locker room, and we were pretty gassed. I think you could really tell that they had already played two games. This was their third, and it was just our first. Yeah, a lot of injuries on our part. Uh, most of them probably just cramps. Mm-hmm. Slowed their uh, pace of play down a little bit, but but they were able to continue to drive the ball on us. Um, back to that Logan McVeigh mm-hmm. uh, big play, big throw by Zarek Cooper. That's his first catch, the former walk-on. Mm-hmm. How would that feel to have your first <laughs> catch in a stadium like Dope Campbell there in Tallahassee? After the half, the only score the Gamecocks had was a field goal by Alan Karajnik, the freshman out of Ottawa, Tennessee. And I knew coming into the season he hadn't kicked much, but we had our press conference today with Coach John Gross, and there were some questions asked about Karajnik. And it's crazy that he only started kicking about a year ago. He was a soccer player at East Hamilton High School in Chattanooga, decided to try out for the football team and was booting some pretty good ones. Started recruiting them, Owen Kilgore, who's from Whitwell, Tennessee, had kind of had eyes on him a little bit. Owen pitched him to Coach Gross. We recruited him, and he had a few guys that kind of picked up on him after that, but he stayed true to us, committed to us, and signed, and he kicked his first field goal at Doak Campbell Stadium on Saturday. He also pitched in three extra points, and so a fantastic day for the freshman there. So the Gamecocks go into week number two at 0-1, looking to get back on track against the SoCon's Mercer University. The Bears coming in. Haven't played a game yet, so very much like us last week, playing their first game of the season. And they have a brand new head coach as well, and so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Coach Cross talked about that a little bit earlier today as well. It's been kind of tough trying to get a gauge on them because it's a brand new coach, and I think Coach Cross has been looking at a bunch of tape from Lenore Ryan where he was at last year, Coach Chronic, the new head coach for Mercer. Mercer comes in running a high-paced triple option type offense like we've seen from Kennesaw State in the past. However, they are, are more of a no-huddle offense, so that will definitely wear on the Gamecocks like we saw Florida State's offense do last week. And then their line will do a lot of shifting uh, to confuse the defense, so that'll be something to watch for on Saturday when the Gamecocks take on the Bears. Keeping with OVC football for just a bit, we'll go ahead and kind of tease you and say that the OVC spring football schedule is extremely close to be finished up. And we're looking to announce that very soon. And then in other Gamecock athletics, Rifle will become the second program to begin their fall. They will be shooting Saturday, October 10th against UTEP at the Gamecock Rifle Range. You can follow live stats online by visiting the Rifle schedule page at jsugamecocksports.com. In NFL news, former Gamecock Saran Neal played on special teams but did not record any stats in the Bills' 30-23 win over the Vegas Raiders. The Bills are now 4-0 for the first time since 2008. And former Gamecocks Josh Pearson, who is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Troy Main Pope, who is with the Los Angeles Chargers, continue to remain on those practice squads. That's everything new happening around athletics, and now it's time for today's featured guest. Trey Perry was set to have a breakout year as a junior, but five games in, suffered a knee injury that sidelined him for the rest of 2019 and the spring. The tight end rehabbed over the offseason and is back at nearly 100% as the Gamecocks begin their 2020 slate. As a preseason All-American and All-OVC selection, Barry hopes this is the year he turns heads of NFL scouts and receives a chance to compete in the Reese's Senior Bowl. Here's this week's guest, Trey Barry. Joined on the podcast this week by tight end Trey Barry. Trey, thanks so much for coming on with us. I appreciate it. Tell me about how you felt in game one. What was it like to get back on the field? Uh, it felt great to be out there. Um, the excitement was awesome. The energy, just being in the big stadium and playing a big game like that. 
um, the energy is always it's always great and um, just being with your brothers and seeing the excitement on your brothers faces and um, just going out there and being able to compete felt great you know it's been a long time coming um, I think they were on their third game that was our first game um, and you, you can tell they kind of caught up with us in the second half of the game but uh, it felt really really good to be out there how big of a difference was it that they had played two games that was their third and this was Jacksonville State's first was it could you really tell a difference in that second half yes sir I believe you could really tell a difference um you could definitely see it through our defense um just that 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 third and fourth quarter stamina that you get built up from playing those games we we really haven't had that you can't really get that um just from practice you know I believe we saw the fatigue we had defensive players cramping I believe in like the couple last couple drives of the game we had guys um, going down pretty much every other play which you hate to see this game was a long time coming you open up the season on October 3rd and I know it was a long time for a lot of guys before they were able to play this first game of the season but it was even longer for you going down against Austin P last year starting five games missing the rest tell me what it was like for you personally to be back on the field for me personally um it was it was it was it was great. Um, it's something that I miss. You know, was, I feel like it was great for my mental. You know, being away from football, I kind of I get down a little bit. Um, just knowing that football is there and the excitement that the game brings just helps my my mental like in a positive way so much. I, I believe it was almost a year, almost a whole year. I think it was like less than two weeks or like. And that's, that's a long time without something that, that you love and that you love to do that I've done since I was pretty much six years old. So uh, I miss it a whole lot. Um, and it, it just I'm just excited that we get to play these four games and that we're not sitting out this season. And I'm looking forward to these next three. I know you mentioned it in the press conference. And for those that don't know, you went down with a knee injury at Austin P last year. Tell me what happened. What happened with the knee? Tell me about the injury. So it started out. We played UNA the week before we played Austin P, and I got tackled. I had a grade two low ankle sprain uh, from the UNA game. Uh, I didn't practice all week. I did. I did, I did a little walkthrough on Thursday. Uh, I really wanted to play against Austin P because they had uh, we had some good mismatches, and I, I knew I could score in the red zone. I really just wanted to score and then take myself out, you know, save myself for the game, uh, save myself for the rest of the season. But uh, I actually got a shot in my low ankle. I went in for two or three plays. I caught a ball. I got tackled funny, and uh, my ankle twisted a little bit. So I ran off the field, and I was like, no, nah, I, I can't go anymore. My ankle's hurting. They're like, uh, yeah, we can, you can get you another shot. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. So I put another shot in my high ankle. I felt great. I was running fine. Uh, I go in for about two or three more plays, and I run an out route, and I stick my – I caught the ball. I stuck my foot in the ground to get vertical, and as soon as I did, I got I got tackled, and I just kind of twisted funny, and my, my foot stayed in the ground. And I had a soft cast on my ankle with the shots, you know, but with my ankle not being able to roll, the next thing that's going to roll is my knee. Um, and my, I just felt a pop twice and, you know, I, I didn't, it didn't really hit me that it was ACL until probably midway through the game and, and a bunch of guys kind of, their facial expressions were, were sad and like, just kind of like more, more like Norman for me. And I was just, I was just like, I didn't really think anything of it. And then after that, I waited a couple of weeks, had surgery and, 
uh, found out that it wasn't just my ACL. It was a lateral and uh, lateral and medial meniscus repair. With that repair, which made the recovery so hard, was um, eight weeks of non-weight bearing. So that's eight weeks on crutches, no no walking or weight on it at all. That was probably one of the biggest struggles. Right after, when we get up here, not too long after um, in the rehab, corona hits, and they're sending everybody home during the spring uh, because of corona. And the only way you can stay on campus is if you get a hardship. And uh, me and our left tackle, Michael Shaddix, he also had ACL surgery. We both got the hardships to stay on campus, and it was us and uh, Mike Pelosic, our trainer. He did a great job with both of us. We got a lot of one-on-one time, and we got to do a bunch of stuff. And with Corona, it was, we weren't in a huge rush, you know, so it was it was great to be able to take our time and do the right things. And uh, with the with the meniscus repairs, it was it was kind of good because it takes a little longer with the rehab process, and um, you know I, I believe Corona really worked in my favor. The uh, the one on one time and you know backing up our season because we started a little later October third, it was just it was just a long process overall. How nice was it to be able to rehab and get ready before camp started so you didn't have to go to Muscle Beach every day? <laughs> that, that was great. I know Gavin <laughs> likes to get them guys. He, he likes to have those guys working over there. Nobody wants to be on Muscle Beach on the, uh, I guess you have to, it's the injured injured list. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I would have hated that. <laughs> <laughs> and you – Obviously, it's it's not a good thing, but for you, it turned out well. The coronavirus sent a lot of people home. It gave you that time to rehab, um, and really, you didn't miss a lot. the The team only got to be in shells and helmets for two days of spring, mm-hmm. and then after that, everything was banged up until camp started in the fall. And for you, how important was it that you and Michael Shaddix had that alone time with? Mike Pulasic here on campus to be able to work on things when you you look at the rest of the team that was healthy that were really scrambling to try to find places to work out and mm-hmm. stay in shape. Yeah, so with that, we we actually had that we had a facility that we were able to use. Of course, we had to follow the protocols and keep everything clean, wipe everything down. But it it was actually really great. It worked out really well for us. Um, like I mentioned, that we're in no rush, but also we had we were here on campus. We had the facilities that we needed. We had it. We had everything that we that we needed to do all the rehab stuff and strength stuff and continue to work not only uh, rehabbing but also work out and do our upper bodies as well. Was it strange being the only two guys on campus? It was. It was like it was. It was honestly like a ghost town for a little while, but uh, you know, it's I'm I didn't mind it too much. I like to be able to. Uh, tend to myself I like to be able to be like you know just have alone time sometimes and uh, it was it was a good it was a good long you know personal three months last week Zarek Cooper said having you back was huge he was talking about the very young wide receivers core that we got to see on Saturday and like you talked about in the presser you're coming back as a leader you're kind of stepping into that role of a Josh Pearson or a Jamari Hester mm-hmm. that's been here for a while Zarek Cooper called you his Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> what kind of compliment is that? That's a huge compliment, uh, especially like hearing that because I love I love Rob, Rob Gronkowski. I think he's one of the best tight ends to to ever do it. You know, he's he's a he's a big dude. He's a beast. He's gonna make plays, and uh, that's just that's just a huge compliment.
along with a lot of preseason honors being named and preseason All-American, All-OVC guy, you're also on the Reese's Senior Bowl watch list, and you're one guy that has the potential to be joining a club of five guys that have played at Jacksonville State to play in that game. And you take a look at that list, Dieter Brock, who was a Pro Bowl selection, Saran Neal, who's in the NFL now, Jesse Baker, Sean Richardson, both of those guys that went to the NFL. What kind of honor is that to be named to that watch list? Um, that watch list, being named to that watch list is huge. Um, not only is it like, is it big, you know, the name, the Reese's Bowl and the Senior Bowl, but like that's also like my hometown. I grew up um, probably 20, 30 minutes from Mobile where they hold it in Live People's Stadium. Um, I'm not sure if they're still going to hold it there because um, I know S South just built a new stadium, but um, I'm sure that's where it'll be held. But just growing to that every year and always being excited and then like it's a I believe it's sponsored by infirmary health and that's who my mom works for and she's always been able to get tickets for us and it's around the same time as my birthday so she would always get those tickets for my birthday and stuff like that and uh, it's just a huge honor and I know the, the the list of guys that go there and the amazing athletes that go and produce and if, I know if I um I'm able to go and perform I know to really improve my draft stock and, and help me in many ways and I'm just ultimately thankful to even be on that list how special would it be to have your quarterback there as well oh that'd be awesome you know not only would like, I wouldn't be there by myself I'd have my quarterback there you know we we'd be able to keep our connection and uh, be able to show we'd be able to show that all those guys and the FBS guys that you know we're, we're we can we can compete with anybody and uh, it would be a cool experience. You're a Somerdale, Alabama native, played at Spanish Ford High School. And during that time, you played quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end. Tell me, of those, obviously you're playing tight end now, mm -hmm. did you enjoy quarterback and wide receiver? I did enjoy quarterback. You know, um, quarterback, was it was always fun. You know, you get to be the guy. You get to dictate where the ball goes and, you know, lead lead the offense and stuff. But uh, I like I like being physical. I like playing tight end. And I like playing receiver. Uh, I didn't really have my hand on the ground. Uh, I wasn't blocking a whole lot in high school. But um, now I, I love being. I love the physicality. I don't mind hitting people. Um, uh, it was probably a good transition. I know. I I believe that I would. My coach told me, Coach Blackman. He told me that I'd probably be uh, more successful as a tight end at the next level and possibly on into the NFL and. Uh, I'm glad I made that we made that transition and that switch, and I love it. I love the physicality. You were a track athlete. You also played basketball, and I have to imagine at six foot seven, you were pretty tough on the court. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I got a a dunk highlight. That's all. That's the only thing I highlighted <laughs> was my dunks. My was my dunks from my senior year, and uh, it's, it's a couple minutes long. And I always like to reminisce and and show that you know people are always like everywhere I go you're so tall you play basketball you're you're so tall you play basketball yeah yeah but no I play football and they're always like what no and I'm like <laughs> yeah and uh but if it's some if we got time or if it's my buddies I'll show them a lot of when I show them my highlights they'll be like wow you, you know you, you were jumping for a white boy blah 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 <laughs> you know? uh, it's always it's always good to hear and reminisce on those days uh that my senior year actually that the basketball team we went to the um semifinals and uh that was probably one of my best you know sports seasons and uh memorable seasons that I can reflect back on from high school 
just the bond that we had with the team and our coach, and it was just a great experience. You obviously got a lot of football offers coming out of high school. Were there any basketball offers there for you? Um, yes, sir. My senior year, I started uh, picking up – it was mainly a bunch of JUCO basketball offers and then, like, really small offers. Then that, uh, that, that didn't interest me as much as going to play football somewhere. Has football always been your number one? Um, no, sir. Growing up, I was actually – I played a bunch of travel baseball. I always thought that baseball would be my sport. And then I got into high school – and uh, that that just kind of kind of ruined it for me, and I, I, that's when I kind of shied away from baseball and just got into a bunch of other things. And I was also doing track and track and baseball, you know, during the same season. I just chose to do track over over baseball a couple times, and it's tough. Coming out of high school, football wise, you had offers from Troy, Arkansas State, Mercer, who were playing this weekend, and Tennessee Tech, who's a mm-hmm. OVC member. What was it that led you to Jacksonville State over those other teams? So Coach Sandlin, he did a great job recruiting me. He came down and visited me a couple times during basketball season, and uh, we went, we went, and we had a good relationship. We went to eat a couple times, and he he had a relationship with my family, and uh, had a great time on my official. You know, Joseph Roberts and Dylan Campbell, they they kind of uh, hosted me and my buddy. He came up. We had a, another guy. His name was Logan Morgan. He was committed here as well from Spanish Fort High School, and we came on our official together. And um, those guys hosted us, and we had a, a great time. I loved the environment. I liked I liked the coaching staff. I liked everything about what what I had seen. I liked the area, and it was you know like a small town kind of feel. And um, I, I, there was nothing that I really didn't like about my visit. And uh, just like the coach Salem informed me, like that all the tight ends when I came in all of us I think it was five of us were all new at that position we had Ford Alexander who had came from DN Ty Minshew came from playing O-line and then we had brought in two other guys who uh, were freshmen Clay Alexander and Dakota Chapman Uh, both really good guys Uh, it was just I I knew I I figured that I would have a, a good chance to play if I came here and I did and it was it was a good experience and I'm glad that I came here and I wouldn't choose anything else. Moving into your sophomore year, when you guys line up in a two tight end set, you've got your partner Landon Rice over on the other side. Landon was someone who came in your second year, mm-hmm. and you talk about a lot of those tight ends that you came in with. A lot of them had changed from one position to the other, coming from defense to offense, and then you get Landon coming in, who's a true tight end that is someone that you can kind of look up to. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your relationship and what Landon's been able to kind of lend you? So Landon, Landon's kind of that father figure. He, his wisdom, his maturity, his, how he carries himself, everything he does, he does, you know, um, with the reflection of Christ. He's really Christian. He's just a great man. You can't, I can't really say anything bad about him. I don't think that he's ever done anything bad to me. He's just, he takes the, he's just a killer instinct and a, outworking instinct of like everything that he does he's going to be the best at it he goes harder in the weight room on the field than anybody every rep um it's just it's it's awesome to be surrounded by that and have somebody that you can just like look up to like that and if I'm ever down you know he's always right there like what's going on he's going to help you through anything on the field he's he's a beast you know he's going to block anybody he's going to take on anything with you he's going to help me with my assignment if I don't know it on the field you know he's verbal he's leader he's always bringing the energy is just it's easy to talk about that guy because it's, it's just 
He's he's it. He's everything. And you, Landon, both to sit here and talk to you, to see Landon on the sideline and talk to him. Both of you guys are very calm, collected, well-spoken, off the field. But then when you get on the field, there's some swagger there. There's <laughs> there's there's something there with the t those two tight ends specifically. Tell me what it is that – what gear do you shift up into whenever you get onto the turf? Because right now you're – you're you're talking easy and you the the low tone and everything and then when a camera's on you when you're on the field there's whoops there's hollers and yeah. there's there's some there's some swagger there. It's, it's just that energy that that they're always talking about, you know. Um, and you can't really you can't really put a finger on it. It's just when the lights turn on, it's it's time to go. You know, um, it's like a gentle giant, gentle beast. But like, you know, there's a time and a place for everything and. When we get, when we step on the field and when the lights are on, we're, we're just we just turn in turn into beast mode and we're all we're looking to do is you know dominate our opponent and uh, win the game and do what we can to help the team win. The lights will be on Saturday against Mercer, only home game of the fall. How important is this one home game to your fans? Um, you know, this is the only game that our um, that our students and our our fan base will be able to see at home. Uh, you, of course, you don't want to upset them or have them upset, but uh, I don't think we will. And you know, it's a. Uh, I just hope we get a good turnout. I'm not sure what the attendance will be like, um, but it, it'll be it'll be good. What is it like playing at Burgess Snowfield compared to any other stadium that you guys go to? Um, Burgess Snowfield. I don't know if uh, how many of our listeners have have seen it. Um, you know, the fans are really close. To the to the sideline we don't have much room on the sidelines and you know it creates a a good a good loud crowd whether we have that many fans or not you know it's it's always gonna it's gonna sound good real close it's a good atmosphere you've got these four games this fall to really capitalize on we'll have a schedule for the spring very soon past jacksonville state what's the ultimate goal those are my goals the nfl of course you know being one trying to be one of the best tight ends to ever do it Got to have that mentality. Got to be ready. And the ultimate goal is definitely the NFL. Well, Trey, thanks so much for coming on the podcast with us this week. It's great to finally have you back. Five games last year was way too short. Look forward to seeing you on the field Saturday here against Mercer, October 10th, only home game of the season. Hope everyone comes out and watches. I think it's going to be a good one. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. And uh, I hope we get a good little turnout. That'll do it for this week's edition of Behind the Beak. I hope that you and yours are healthy, and I will talk to you again next week. I'll be back Tuesday with a brand new episode and another guest. So for Avery Davis, I am Tyler Brown saying thank you for listening, and go Gamecocks. This has been Behind the Beak, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Look for new episodes each week or browse the archives on the Apple Podcast app or by visiting jsugamecocksports.com. For more on Jacksonville State Athletics, visit the official website of the Gamecocks, jsugamecocksports.com, and follow JSU on social media by searching at JSU Gamecocks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.